Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. One of my enduring memories of my grandfather is of him sitting on the living room floor reading the sports section in the local paper while watching one game on TV and listening to another on his portable radio. At the time, I thought it was an amusing and impressive feat of multitasking, but this would barely be considered multitasking by today's standards. With emails, texts, YouTube rabbit holes, Netflix cues, TikTok brain candy, school, work, side hustles, and more, we juggle an awful lot of inputs. The problem, of course, is that we kind of suck at multitasking. And there's a good bit of evidence which suggests that our habit of trying to process multiple inputs simultaneously is making us worse at single-tasking. And why is this a problem? Well, ever notice how sometimes practicing is easy? and you quickly settle into a groove where you're efficient, effective, and surprised at how quickly time flies by? Of course, there are also days where you might find yourself being constantly interrupted by random thoughts or worries about emails that need to be sent, bills that need to be paid, and your friend's cryptic Facebook status update. These are the times when practicing might feel scattered and ineffective. It's a little like trying to study in a room with a mosquito that sporadically flies by your head, making that annoying sound that mosquitoes make, and totally wrecking your ability to focus on the task at hand. We know that trying to process all of these extraneous inputs and outputs in the practice room is unproductive, but how can we quiet our inner mosquitoes and be better single-taskers when we need to? A psychology strategy called parking your worries could help. The idea is that we tend to worry about or have recurring thoughts about the same things during the course of a day at times when we are not in a position to do anything about them. For instance, you may be worrying about an argument you had with your partner and trying to figure out how to smooth things over. This may be super important, but are you in the best position to make decisions about this or plan next actions when you're in the middle of working at a new fingering? Or you may remember that you have to pick up eggs, Elmer's glue, and cinnamon toast crunch before returning home at night. But are you in a position to do anything about that at 1 p.m. when you're trying to do some score study before a 3 p.m. rehearsal? The problem with these unresolved actions, or open loops as they're sometimes called, is that they tend to keep circulating about in our heads, which is distracting and gets to be really stressful after a while. It's like rushing in to grab something from the store while double parked. We may only be gone a few minutes, but it's super stressful to worry constantly about being ticketed or towed. 
Contrast that with going to the mall, parking your car in the garage, and having the peace of mind to shop while knowing that your car isn't going anywhere and you know exactly where to find it when you need it. What we have to do is close these open loops so that we can put them out of mind and get to a more quiet, focused state where we can practice in peace. Note that you don't necessarily have to resolve these open loops, you just have to close them. And how might you do that? Back in the 80s, researchers at Penn State were searching for a way to help us worry less. In particular, they wondered if worriers could develop more control over the intrusiveness and uncontrollability of these thoughts. Rather than developing a strategy for opposing these worries directly, they decided to test a strategy for redirecting these worries. Instead of talking back to that voice in our head or trying to eliminate worry entirely, they taught folks how to do the opposite, to worry on purpose, but only during a specific and limited period of the day. 51 habitual worriers, those who reported worrying at least 50% of the day, were asked to fill out a daily worry questionnaire for a week to get a clearer picture of what their worry looked like and how much of an impact it was having on their life. Then, they were randomly assigned to one of two groups. One group was taught a four-step worry reduction stimulus control technique, while the no-treatment group simply continued filling out the daily worry questionnaire with no particular strategies to try. What was this four-step technique? Essentially, it involved having the participants defer any worries to a designated 30-minute period of worry time when they were free to worry as much as they wanted. Step one was to learn to identify worrisome thoughts and other thoughts that are unnecessary or unpleasant, and to distinguish these from necessary or pleasant thoughts related to the present moment. Step two was to establish a 30-minute worry period to take place at the same time and in the same location every day. And when they caught themselves worrying, they were asked to postpone the worry to that worry period and replace it with attending to present moment experience. And in step four, they were asked to make use of that 30-minute worry period to worry about their concerns and to engage in problem solving to eliminate those concerns. Four weeks later, the researchers analyzed the results to see if batching these worries had any impact. At the outset of the study, both groups worried about the same amount. The treatment group spent an average of about 40% of the day worrying, while the non-treatment group spent about 42% of the day worrying. And at the end of the month, the no-treatment group's worry time didn't change much at all. They still worried about 40% of the day. However, the group that practiced batching their worries they reduced their worries by a significant amount, going from about 40% of the day to about 25% of the day, which is about a 40% reduction in worry. So how could you put this into action? For the next week or two, try the four-step technique and see if this could help you keep those intrusive worries from interrupting your practice and study time. Try scheduling maybe 10 or 20 minutes of worry time, and not too close to bedtime because that's not a great way to end your day. And then, during the day, when negative thoughts, worries, concerns, or other non-task-relevant thoughts pop into your awareness, quickly jot them down so you can revisit them during worry time. When it's worry time, go nuts and worry all you want. Engage in all the what-ifs or I-should-haves that you'd like. But also devote some of this time to generating potential solutions. This strategy may not eliminate all of your worry, of course, but hopefully it does reduce your worry and help you stay a little more focused when you need to. You can find links to this week's study and other resources at bulletproofmusician.com blog. And if you found the episode helpful, please share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think might also enjoy experimenting with this during the coming week.